What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. Today is Power to the Pod here on the show, our weekly mailbag episode. So what are we going to talk about? It's a good question. That's up to all of you. Let's go ahead and dive in. Mailbag episode here on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. There are a ton of great podcasts and outlets out there for your Miami Dolphins and for those of you who choose to start your day with Locked on. Greatly appreciate it. Today's episode is brought to you by Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance. Brightco brings you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 a month. Check out your, our special offer for Locked On listeners and get covered in under two minutes at bright.co forward slash locked on. That's bright.co forward slash locked on. Today is power to the pod, but of course, we, we do need to acknowledge the joint practice that happened yesterday between the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles. And from all accounts, according to those Philadelphia Eagles beat reporters who were in attendance, it sounded like the Dolphins had themselves a pretty strong day on both sides of the football. And Tyreek Hill showcasing his elite ability once again, going against the likes of James Bradbury and Darius Slay and Tua Tonga-Valoa, threading some tight window needles in addition to finding some chunk plays. And uh, it sounds like the Dolphins kind of generally put together a solid practice. Uh, one of the big takeaways, uh, big picture takeaways came from uh, an Eagles reporter. And of course, I, I live up in Philadelphia country, if you will. Uh, Elliot Shore Parks, who's been on, on the Eagles beat for quite some time, and his observation was the Browns or the Dolphins are definitely better than the Browns, which was the other team that the Dolphins or that the Eagles had joint practice against. And I thought that feedback was particularly interesting, right? Because you only get a chance to compare against so many teams across so many days. And at least yesterday, Miami's performance bested that that the Eagles had seen across a couple of days of effort against the Cleveland Browns. So pretty cool. But uh, that's not what we're here to talk about today on the show. Uh, I know there was an injury scare with tight end Mike Gusecki. There's been some reported and then conflicting reports on the status of Miami potentially having some, some trade discussions around Mike Gusecki. Pro Football Focus reported it yesterday. Uh, and then Hal Habib came out uh, a couple hours later and says, uh, actually, the source that I talked to uh, disputes that report and claim, and the Dolphins have had no such discussions. Well, Mike uh, had some kind of injury scare yesterday, but then eventually did return to practice. So uh, it sounds as though that was more of a scare than anything else. And that is it for your fastest three minutes or whatever, whatever that ended up being to get you all caught up on the news pertaining to your Miami. Dolphins, it's mailbag time. It's power to the pod. All the things that you want to talk about. And the first one comes from Miami Spurs fan. Uh, and this was left on the 16th, so a little about a week ago. 
Uh, do you think they're more likely to add one of these veteran players after week one when the salaries are no longer guaranteed for the season? I think this is a great question. It brings up like an extra layer too. We're, we're talking about the, the roster cuts that are going to happen after the third preseason game. And you got to get all the teams, 27 cuts to get down to 53 man active roster. And then you can set your practice squad. Well, all those players have to clear waivers, right? The way waivers work is if you claim a player off waivers, their pre-existing contract that existed with that team, you would then absorb and just pick up where they left off. So that's an important thing to note with the exception of, of signing bonus and guarantee money that had been paid out in advance because that's how dead cap becomes a thing. So you don't take that on, but you take all, all upcoming due money versus having, get, having a chance to renegotiate contract. So, you know, Miami Spurs fan is asking specifically from the lens of guys who are street free agents and not with a team right now. And I certainly think the, the phrase deadline spur action is, is notable here. And it's, it's starting to get to crunch time, right? Like it's really starting to get to real for the guys that want to play football. There might be those who are financially set and really want to make sure if they commit themselves, they're committing themselves to the right situation for them. In which case uh, it might not be a matter of, uh, guaranteed money, it, and it might be more a matter of that player having the conviction to want to hold firm and find what they feel is the right fit for them. But also important to remember, veteran players on teams right now who get cut, if you get them on the waiver wire, you're going to take on whatever money that they are owed for the upcoming season. Uh, Greg, with a review, don't have a question, but wanted to comment on the restaurant recommendation from last week. I'm glad somebody gave us a follow-up here. Uh, actually used to work at Papa's Raw Bar and can't recommend it enough. Great food is a really popular spot. It's connected to another restaurant, uh, Papa Huey Seafood World, which also has great food. Right when you walk in, there's a signed photo from Gordon Ramsay, who ate there during one of his shows and absolutely loved the place. Outstanding. Great. So anybody who's going down for the first time, and we've heard from several of you in the last couple of weeks coming down for games, you heard the man. Papa's Raw Bar might not be a bad place to start. Uh, Slimhead84 with our next one. And the question is uh, pertaining to punting. This is fun. And it's a little bit more of a big picture NFL question as compared to specifically the Dolphins, although he is a Dolphins fan. Over in the UK, pretty new to the NFL. Love the Dolphins. My question isn't a Dolphins-based question, but about Bill's punter, Matt Ariza. And if he's as good as what people are saying, why was he the third punter taken in the draft? Keep up the good work. So uh, this is a good question. And Ariza did beat Matt Hawk uh, for the punter job. That, that competition is over. The, Ariza has won the punter job for the Buffalo Bills. And uh, he's a Australian rules rugby style punter that has – Obviously, a lot of power in his leg. You saw the 82-yard punt that he had uh, in the preseason. But I think the concern there is with the consistency. It's more of a potential versus floor and the risk-reward that some teams had in that regard versus uh, the guys who are a little bit more traditional punters with more experience, that like the Jordan Stouts of the world, who I believe went to the Baltimore Ravens. So uh, I just do, I do know that there is some variance uh, with his play or worried about trajectory and consistency and ball control. Uh, I know Joe Marino had talked about the ratio of touchbacks on opportunities uh, to drop the ball inside the 10 yard line or inside the opposing 20 yard line. Um, Joe Marino, obviously host of locked on bills, but 
um, also draft fellow draft dude on the draft dudes podcast with me and, and a punting aficionado. So I think there's a couple layers here um, that, that are uh, contributing factors to Ariza, despite being kind of the viral player of being the player who actually uh, hung around on the board a little bit more than maybe what you would have thought of. But listen, before we go any further, speaking of Joe Marino, I got to tell you guys a quick story about Joe Marino and, and when he came up from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I proposed to my now wife, uh, we went to the beach and I made a big leaf of faith and, and Joe was the best man in my wedding. And I had Joe kind of pocket the ring for when we went out to the beach that morning. And then we were out looking for like seashells and the sand and all that jazz and had to have him slip the ring. And it went from there, but that that's like a, a really tense moment, right? Like you, you spent a lot of hefty coin for a piece of jewelry that your special someone is going to remember forever. Right. I wish I had known about Brightco. Here's the lesson. You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to go viral for having your ring pop up in the air and off the side of a boat or into the ocean or whatever. The guys at Brightco Jewelry Insurance will make sure you get a replacement for the full value of that ring, no matter if it's lost, stolen, or you just can't figure out what happened to it. Go to Brightco, bright.co forward slash locked on. It is the fastest, easiest, and cheapest way to cover your butt with the best jewelry insurance in the business. Our next question comes from Drew. And Drew's caption, it's a five-star review, is Tua versus the Titans. And we, of course, all know what game we're referring to, the Week 17 game last year. <laughs> Kyle, love the pod. My question for you is, do you think that there have been any practices or precautions to avoid what happened in last year's game with Tua against the Titans? Do you think they found a way, if there is one, to train him in more than just hot, sunny conditions and prepared him for cold, rainy games. That game was a tough one to watch. Uh, yes, it was. You are not lying. It was a very tough one to watch, so much so that I begrudgingly did uh, the tape review uh, to talk about player performance and missed opportunities that was required when you did the pod, and uh, I swore it off. I said, I'm not watching again. I will not watch that game again. So... Uh, yes, it was ugly. And from my understanding, Tua spent some time this offseason throwing and training with his brother Talia, uh, who is the quarterback for the Maryland Terrapins. And if you, I'm in Delaware and I'm about an hour and 20 minutes away from Maryland's, um, Maryland's campus. And I'll say this it gets pretty dang cold up here. Uh, and that stays pretty cold through beginning of March. Right. So if Tua did indeed take some of that time and train with his brother, you'd like to think he got some more exposure to that kind of area. But what's really unique and interesting about Tua is the hand size debate should not exist. He has 10 inch hands. Right. But the way that Tua throws the ball, and I believe we learned this with the Will Smith video when he came and trained and, and worked with Tua, was Tua actually holds like a very large meat of the ball with his hand. Some quarterbacks, they only like to get one or two fingers on the laces and must the rest of their hand is on the back half of the ball. He gets a little bit more of the center of the ball. And, and I think that is a facilitator for the struggles that you saw for Tua in that game, which is um, getting a grip on the ball, consistently throwing with velocity, pushing it with confidence, so on and so forth. So uh, just an interesting 
uh, nugget for Tua amidst that question uh, that you acknowledged. Mike, feeling a little worrisome. Love the show. Need you to talk me off the ledge. The last 20 years have been filled with tons of excuses for why this team never reaches its potential. One that has been about around recently are the injuries. And now hearing about Waddle and Armstead missing time, Byron Jones being out longer than I'm comfortable with means now we have three key players at risk and the season hasn't started. I'm just worried that we now have injuries at tops positions where depth is an issue and I don't have the stomach for another nine and eight season. Well, I'll say this, uh, Teron Armstead and Jalen Waddle are missing time preventatively so that they are guaranteed to be healthy for the start of the season. I mean, I, I am generally unconcerned with both Jalen Waddle and Teron Armstead because Coach McDaniel said last week, we are going out of our way to be preventative and prevent, prevent Jalen from himself, especially in an environment like yesterday when he stretched with the team uh, and then they took the pads off him. You're doing joint practice against somebody else. You're going to be geared up, juiced up, ready to go. Um, but McDaniel himself saying and saying Teron Armstead is a veteran maintenance program to make sure he's ready to go. I think the only one you need to have any concern, any level of concern about at all is Byron Jones. Um, and yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, Byron Jones is out here getting his work, but Injuries can happen for any team at any moment at any position like that. There's no guarantee when it's going to happen. There's no guarantee it is going to happen. There's no guarantee it's not going to happen. But I would just encourage you to enjoy this process. Uh, of course, you never know when it might change, but the Dolphins do have a deeper roster than they've had in several years and they have more elite impact players than they have had in several years. And even with the maintenance that's going on with those guys, you still have more elite players than you've had in recent memory. Our next review uh, is a five-star review, but it is some constructive criticism, and I, I want to I acknowledge the kid B uh, for writing this review. Uh, some complimentary words at the start. Love the show. First listen every day. Uh, the greatest compliment that you can pay me. Insight and analysis have helped me develop much better understanding of the NFL. The reason I became a Dolphins fan rather than a Bears fan is my hometown team was because of the movie Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. As a kid, I absolutely loved it. And then I grew up into an adult and realized I was transgender. So many of our childhood nostalgic pop culture references are being critically examined in light of what we know about racism, sexism, homophobia, and transphobia, Ace Ventura is one of the worst, and every time it's brought up in your show, I get knots in my stomach. I would really appreciate it if you could take a minute to educate yourself and your listeners on why this movie is so harmful to trans people. And I think the first thing I'd like to say, Kid B, is thank you for writing, and I am sorry that any experience you've had with Locked On Dolphins is a negative one, even amidst the complimentary things that you've said. I, I genuinely try very hard to be welcoming uh, to everyone who listens to this show. One thing that I love about the game of football is that it can bring people who are straight, gay, black, white, trans, uh, from all different kinds of backgrounds, all different economic backgrounds, uh, all different socio backgrounds, to have a common love. And that thing for all of us being Miami Dolphins football um, is one of the things that I love most about the game of football. So I am sorry that you've had the, the negative experience with Locked On Dolphins. 
And I am glad that you have found one of the greatest gifts in life, which is finding yourself. And I congratulate you for finding that truth and living that truth. And uh, please know that you have my support. And I am very glad that you are a member of this community and a Dolphins fan so we can share that passion together. And thank you for writing. John has our next question. And it comes uh, from U.S. of A. Going to my first ever NFL game, Vikings-Dolphins coming all the way from Montana. Any tips for finding a welcoming tailgate? Must try restaurants. Another one, another newbie to the Dolphins home game scene. And uh, John, go listen to uh, last week's. We had a similar question. We just, uh, of course, earlier in the show today had something that someone had reviewed as far as a place to eat. And as far as a tailgate, show up in Dolphins gear and just make sure you have a beverage of choice in hand and walk around. And I guarantee you, whether you're on the east side or the west side of the stadium, you're going to find welcoming Dolphins fans who are eager to help and welcome you into the pregame process. Uh, Zach, next question. Is there an NFL team that plays a similar defensive scheme that Igbo's college team did? I'm thinking that the Dolphins have been asking Noah to do what is not a part of his skill set. Maybe another team can use him with greater success. Um, no, I don't, I don't think this is a matter of you know, the Dolphins play zone, the Dolphins play man, and, and he struggled with both. He's at his best when he can play press, but even then it's an ability to find the ball. Um, and even when you're playing zone, at some point all – all reps turn into man-to-man -man coverage when you have to plaster a rep. So for Noah, I, I don't think this is necessarily Miami asking him to do things that he can't or shouldn't do. It's execution. And I, I am really starting to believe that there is uh, some circumstances beyond just what he's physically capable of doing because he's a physically very gifted player. I think there are other hurdles, whatever they are for him individually. And it is important to remember that these players are human beings and they, they're complex, just like all of us are. And um, I, don't, I don't know that um, this is a scheme issue because the Dolphins give you different looks and he has kind of dropped off in just about all of them, unless you were just going to say, hey, go play press man every single play. And that, frankly, at the NFL level is not going to fly. Jesse, imagine you've touched on this topic by now, but is there any upside in trading Gusecki before his trade value falls even more to get a pick or a player? Or do you think you have to bank on the talent and hope he learns to block with better coaching here? I, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to become a quality blocker. I don't. He's had four years of NFL play. This is year five plus the time at Penn State, which has put out a lot of pro-style tight ends. It's just never been who he is as a player, and that's okay. Again, that is extremely okay. But um, to expect in one offseason, the switch is going to – I don't think it's going to flip. Uh, we'll be interesting to see if there's any more pushback on the other side of the conflicting reports that came out yesterday as it pertains to um, – whether or not the Dolphins have, it's it's been reported on both sides, whether they have or have not fielded calls on him. But the, the best thing that could happen is Hunter Long takes the step forward that we need him to. And that would really open up a lot of options and flexibility for Miami. 
as you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can find the right people for you to interview and potentially hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Uh, Tyler, no, you've talked about this in the past, but I disagree with you. After watching preseason week two against the Raiders, I don't think Teddy's experience is enough to make him QB two. Skylar Thompson, while raw, has a big arm and good athleticism, which could thrive in this offense if, God forbid, Tua goes down. I'm curious if this does happen and Skylar starts, what do you think this offense would look like? I've, I've said this since Skylar came in. I think Skylar is a better parallel to Tua's skill set than what Teddy is. Teddy's a different kind of quarterback. Um, and yeah, Skylar played better than what Teddy did in the preseason game or whatever qualifiers you want to put on that. That's fine. Or whatever qualifiers you want to be dismissive of. That's fine. Skylar played better, but it is a much more vanilla version of the game than what you will get on Sundays when you're playing for teams. And that's the concern. And until you see Skylar against starters with schemed pressures and schemed looks and making in-game adjustments, I have to see that before I can believe it. And I've at least seen Teddy Bridgewater serve as a starter and he understands what's happening in a lot of those situations. Now, he might not give you as many big plays as Skyler does, but presumably you would have better ball security as well. So um, I agree with your assessment. I don't think he's got a huge arm, but he's got enough of an arm and he's a good athlete. But preseason vanilla games and playing in an environment where you're playing a ton of second, third, and fourth stringers, and there's no adjustments coming. Like, I need more than that to say, yes, I'm good with cutting a 60-game starting quarterback veteran backup player. Uh, Blood Axe, enjoy your show every morning on my commute to work. My kids even love the opening jingle from Locked On and sing it on the way to school. We know that Gronk still does not have the angle, but Pete Richardson did against Larry Zonka. However, Zonk was flagged for unnecessary roughness. Has there ever been another player that has been called for unnecessary roughness while carrying the football? Double dip. Can you ease my concerns about the holes in the offensive line at left guard and right tackle? Is there light at the end of the tunnel? I think you have enough positional flexibility that you can get other players there. Will they be slam dunk home run all pro players? Probably not, but I also am personally of the belief in ideology, and I know this is is hearsay for Dolphins fans to hear because of how big of an issue the offensive line has been, but I also don't happen to think you need five all-pro players on your offensive line. I think you can it, – it's the sum of the whole versus the sum of the individual parts on the offensive line. Uh, if there is another – I'm sure there has been another player flag for unnecessary roughness, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. The next review takes some stones. I'll say this. If you listened three weeks ago to Power of the Pod, I had um, 
had a negative one star review come in from someone called Go Suns five four three two one. I proceeded to put on my real investigative journalism hat and go read other reviews that this individual has left on podcast and spent probably three minutes too long. <laughs> um, three minutes of time, which is three minutes too long, uh, kind of talking about this person, presumably how miserable they are. Well, they're, they're back. They left another review. So another one-star review. This podcast is ridiculous, completely dishonest, which I... I, I just generally am baffled that this person continues to listen to the show. And oh, by the way, I know I've seen he's been making the rounds, making more, updating his one-star reviews as, as a miserable human being. Um, completely dishonest. So I commend you for being this disenfranchised with this show me eviscerating you on the podcast and you still refusing to stop listening, continue to listen and re leave more reviews. I respect the bit. I hope it gives you the happiness you're clearly missing in life. Uh, Lou, with our next review on the show, listening for two years, love the show. My question is, after Saturday's preseason game, the running game looked abysmal, mostly in part to the offensive line. Is it just the vanilla play calling or is it really going to be that bad? No, I don't. I, it, now it's not gloom and doom time. As far as I'm concerned, all your best wrinkles are still in your back pocket. And there's a purpose behind how the front is moving. You can have one bad block out of eight in the front and have a negative one yard run. It's the first play of the game with negative three yard run. You had a one bad block in the front. Everybody else was blocked up for a 20 plus yard run. I'm not going to sit here. And I know we haven't seen uh, any fullback play at this point, but it's a bit alarming. I would also say Alec Ingold, I know I wrote about this when I went down to training camp. Alec Ingold is going to be a really big piece of what we do because amidst all the questions about Hunter Long and Mike Kosecki and Durham Smythe, who's going to play inline tight end, da, 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 da. Uh, Alec Ingold as a blocker in the backfield uh, can really help you change the, the, the numbers and the count and help you set your fronts. If you're offsetting them in the backfield and they're going to count them as uh, an eligible to one side, he's much more easily accessible to run to the other side. If you want to run away from the front strength on the defense, because he's in the backfield as compared to being up on the line of scrimmage as a tight end. That's got a kind of split flow, crow split flow cross the formation. There's a lot of value that that fullback can bring. I'm not hitting the panic button. I know we're so preconditioned to do it, and maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe maybe Go Suns 54321 is right. I'm sitting here lying to all your faces, but I genuinely believe um, you can see the progress and you can see the changes that are happening, and it's kind of, okay, stay committed to that process, continue to get everybody on the same page, and we'll go from there. And, and I think that's... Um, I am unconcerned right now. Uh, we'll see what personnel looks like when it's all said and done. Uh, last one from Hare Bale, who had the audacity uh, to quadruple dip with a five-star review as we bring this to a close. Okay. Uh, no long answers, just agree or disagree. Sanders is back, and we're blaming Polari for the bad holds. I agree. Gusecki is tight end, too. I probably agree with you from a traditional tight end standpoint in this offense. Easy E is a lock for wide receiver four and can threaten for wide receiver three. Lock for wide receiver four, yes. Cedric Wilson, I think it's premature to 
as a rookie, put him at wide receiver three. Greer is trading for a cornerback or signing a big name one. Uh, Chris Greer's not done. I could tell you that. So I'll generally agree. Uh, whether it's a trade, I don't know about a big name one. Uh, we will have a new name in the in the cornerback room. And Larnell Coleman is a bad backup. We need a new one. Yes, I, I agree that you need a new swing tackle. So quintuple, not quadruple, quintuple. And we generally win five for five. So I'll take that as a dub. Appreciate you guys carving out some day, time of your day to listen to or watch Locked on Dolphins. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day today. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Talk to you guys again tomorrow.